with Kimberlyn Lavelle, and this episode is Boosting Reading Comprehension. So in this episode, we're going to be going over the Octopus's Guide to Reading Comprehension, which you can get at www.yourparenthelp.com slash reading comprehension. Also, if you go to yourparenthelp.com, there's a button right there that you can click, download the Octopus's Guide to Reading Comprehension. There's also a link wherever you are listening, watching, reading about this. Go there, click that link, and you can download that guide. If you already have it, please keep listening because this is this episode is kind of a refresher of that guide or a first look at that guide as a way to kind of spark, oh yeah, I remember that, I need to, I want to try that, or oh, I haven't heard of that, I want to try that. Either way. So, strategy one is the double read. So in the double read, this is simply read a book more than once, read an article more than once. Now, if it's a long novel, you probably aren't going to read it the whole thing more than once, but any section where your child is struggling to understand something, they should read it more than once. When you're reading something, you will naturally, because you want to understand what you're reading, go back and reread anything you didn't understand, right? Well, some of our kids get this mindset of, I need to read it. I'm done reading it. And they didn't understand what they read, but they're done. But until they understand what they've read, they're not actually done. And they need to really grasp that and understand that and own that. So anytime your child is struggling to comprehend, spend time double reading, triple reading, quadruple reading, individual sections, longer passages. And I do want to say as part of this that it doesn't have to be that you are, that your child reads it every single time. You can be the one that reads it every single time. You can take turns reading it. You can listen to an audiobook before or after your child has read it or an audio of it. Um, you can have it read on the computer multiple times. You know, so there's the screen readers that can read the text out loud. They can work through it multiple times is really what I'm saying. It's not as much about the person who reads it. It doesn't matter which person reads it. It matters that it's being read multiple times. Your child is gaining the content multiple times to process it. Every time we reread something, we tend to gain a little bit more than what we read the first time. So a lot of times you'll hear that it's a preliminary read. The first time you read through something is preliminary. The next time you read through it, you're getting more details, right? So that first read is kind of an overarching idea of what you're reading in general. And then every time you go back into it, you're gaining more insight, more details, more nuances. So spend time in the double read, triple read, quadruple read. Strategy two is more about a necessity for every reader. Visualization. Every reader needs to understand and own that when they're reading, they should be visualizing something. They should be making a picture in their head of what's, what the words are saying. So if your child is reading 
The Fish Swam in a Fishbowl, which is from the Octopus Guide to Reading. I, I mentioned this sentence, and it can be anything, right? I'm just picking this as um, because it's in there. Then you're going to ask your child to, what does the fish look like? What color is it? How big is it? Does it have any markings on it? Is it, you know, describe it to me. What kind of fish is it? What does the bowl look like? How big is it? What is inside of it? Is, the, is it just an empty, well, is it just a bowl of water only? Or is there, are there pebbles? Are there, is there some plants? Are they real plants? Are they fake plants? Are there any other decorations in there? Um, and even that, you know, I'm assuming there's water, right? Does your child have water in their bowl? Because if the fish is swimming in a fish bowl, there should be water in that bowl. Um, but make sure their picture includes the water. So you're talking them through it, getting a lot of details. As your child is able to do that at a sentence level, you're going on to a paragraph level. You're reading an entire paragraph. Tell me about the paragraph. What does it look like? What does it smell like? What does it feel like? What is, what do you get from this place, right? This whatever. Um, and you can be selective about where, what paragraphs you might want to practice this with, but practicing, talking it through. Then it can be longer passages that you're talking about it at the end, this visualization. This strategy also comes up a couple more times in the Octopus's Guide to Reading, some other strategies. So listen for that. It's going to be coming up again. Strategy three is to connect. Again, this is a basic understanding of how comprehension works. It is also necessary. The more we can connect what we're reading to other information, the more neural pathways we have there to understand what is happening, right? So the fish swam in a fishbowl. Oh, do you remember the time we went to the aquarium? So you're activating background knowledge. Do you remember all the fish? What kind of fish do you think would be in this fishbowl? Would, the, you know, would the giant sea bass have fit into a fishbowl? Oh, no, not really. That'd be a really big bowl. Right, kind of talking that through, having that conversation. Um, but the damsel, oh, she might fit in that fish. It might fit in a smaller fishbowl. So you can be talking through those concepts and ideas. Um, and even further, right? Well, a damsel's a salt water and wouldn't work so well in just a fish bowl. It would need the aquarium so that it has all the flowing water. You can get into a lot of details and have these conversations, those connections. If your child has no background knowledge of fish, you need to provide them some more knowledge, something to connect to. So, and even if your child does have background knowledge, it won't hurt to provide more books about fish, movies about fish, videos, pictures of fish on the phone, the computer, in books, um, games about fish or whatever the topic is, right? Going places, going on a field trip to the fish store, to the aquarium, to the pond, to wherever, to make more connections to that text so that they have a better idea of what's really happening and they can understand it so much better. And we all know this to be true. Uh, when we study something, the one that always comes up to me is geography. I, I could study geography well enough to pass a test, but I didn't really know where anything was unless I had been there. And then it was 
all those connections. It had ownership, right? There's, I knew where that place was now that I had been there. Um, so next strategy, strategy four is child-led choices. So this is kind of bringing in that motivation aspect. And this is a strategy that can apply to all of the other strategies. The, when your child has a choice about what they're reading, they're going to be more motivated to read it. They're also probably have more to connect to because it might be built on background knowledge and interest that they have. So they've got a lot to connect to. It's going to be easier for them to comprehend, which is going to be easier for them to visualize. They won't need to read it as many times, but it will still be good to read it multiple times and they enjoy it. So they might want to read it multiple times, right? We've all had the toddler who comes up to us and asks us to read the same book hundreds of times and they are gaining something from doing that. So go toddlers. <laughs> But child-led choices, it's very motivating and it helps build all of their comprehension. So it's definitely something I always encourage. Let your kids pick what they're reading as much as possible. Strategy five is teacher time. We know from research that kids are not so much auditory learners versus visual learners. There is some truth to it. There are kids who are stronger auditorily or visually, but at best, they learn 5 to 15% of what they're being taught when it's only auditory or only visual or even combined. However, they'll learn and retain 90% of what they're teaching. So if your child is reading something and then turns around and teaches what they just read to other people. Now, this is not reading out loud. That does not count because that's just reading. They have to teach it. So they've read it, they've set it aside, and now they are teaching it to their stuffed animal, to the dog, to their younger brother, to their older sister, to their grandparents who would love to hear the lesson, right? Whether it's via Zoom or via phone call, FaceTime, in person, in a letter, <laughs> whatever it is, whatever modality they're using to teach, whoever they're teaching it to, very helpful that if they are teaching what they just read about, they have to own it and master it. Now, there are some kids who will take this and they just make up a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't in the reading. So you might need to uh, play with that and be like, oh, really? Where did it say that? Where did you learn that? And make them reference their, cite their sources. Even if they're little, they need to go back and say, oh, it was right here. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't. Okay. So we're, we're, you know, just to kind of keep, keep it on focus is, and be playful with it. Don't, you know, don't be like, that's not what it said. I always encourage very positive dynamics around anything educational or anything in general. Okay, strategy six, art. So this is putting that visualization into practice in a different way. We're not just talking about what you visualized. You get to draw it out. You get to create it out of clay. You get to paint it. You get to make a sculpture of it. Um, whatever your art form preference is, you get to make art about what you were visualizing. So it, it, and then you can have a conversation with your child about the art they produced. 
You can also make it kind of fun where if you have multiple kids, they're all drawing a picture of a fish in a bowl. And then you can compare everyone's visualization and how everyone gets to be right because it didn't say what kind of fish, it didn't say what kind of bowl, it didn't say whether anything else is in it. And they get to all pick it and they all get to be right and then they get to appreciate everyone else's thoughts and you, if you don't have other kids who are doing it with them or other kids, anyways. You can do it too, right? You and your child can both sit down, draw your, draw your pictures. Now don't let it become a, oh, he drew better than I did or anything where the child is feeling like it's a drawing competition. It's just everyone enjoying the process of drawing fish in a bowl or whatever the actual sentence is that you are working on or paragraph, story, entire passage, right? Entire chapter, whatever it is. Strategy seven is another visualization one, act it out. So now it's not just art form, you're physically acting it out. They might even write out a whole script in play. They might just kind of memorize what they want to do. They can act like a fish in a bowl. They also might model the fish in a bowl with like a little toy fish that they have and put it into a bowl. Maybe they fill it with water and they're acting it out in that way where they are seeing, feeling, um, when they're the fish, they can feel whole body, what it, the fish swimming in a fishbowl, right? When they're acting it out, they're still, it's still like a body movement. It's just a little bit different, but they're taking a lot of ownership of really being immersed. Um, you know, all of the senses are involved, very multi-sensory approach to understanding and comprehending what they're reading. Our final strategy in the Octopus's Guide to Reading Comprehension is the YouTuber. <laughs> now, most kids love YouTube videos. They like even those streaming videos, which I have to say I don't completely understand, but where they're watching someone else play a video game, they're watching someone else open a present and what's inside of it or purchase or whatever, and they like it. So have them do their own YouTube channel of what they've read and explaining the book or the passage or whatever it is. They've got their own YouTube channel. Now you can actually set up a YouTube channel for your child. It's free. It's not horribly complicated and your child probably could figure it out themselves pretty well, especially if they're a little bit older, but you don't have to. If you don't want your kid on YouTube, which I completely understand, you can have the same benefit with other, in other ways. So you can have them still record themselves on a camera or you can have them, well, and then, and you can do it different ways. So you can have a private website that only they, people who know about it are, can access it, you know, it can be behind a password. It can be emailed to relatives or it can just stay local on your computer or your iPad or wherever it was recorded, phone even wherever it is, it can just stay on that device and just shared with whoever is looking at it on that device. So just because they're a YouTuber doesn't mean that they actually are on YouTube um, if you're not comfortable with that. Bonus strategy. So think about what we've been talking about, right? Different ways to develop comprehension, using connections, using visualization. There are so many ways so many strategies to make this really fun for kids. And I'm constantly coming up with different ways depending on exactly what I'm hearing about what's happening in a child's life. Um, but one of my favorite is to take the stress out of 
anyone reading it and just have an audiobook playing. This also can bring back a love of reading, a love of literature, a love of books, a love of stories um, or texts, because it might just be, you know, an informational text as an audiobook. Um, and so you're listening to an audiobook and you're having a conversation afterwards about what was in it and what they learned from it and what they liked about it, what they were picturing when it happened and, you know, oh, I want to draw about it, I want to, whatever, kind of, and a lot of times it's, it's coming from you modeling it. Like when I'm saying I want to draw about it, that's not coming from your child, it's coming from you. I want to draw what I think it looked like when Martin did that. When Martin made the hat, right, it's, you're drawing what you're picturing. Um, you're choosing one form to get to, to do it. And you're having a conversation. It's very, you're working on comprehension in a way that doesn't feel like you're working on comprehension. You're just enjoying stories together, but it's building their comprehension of stories. Now, another bonus strategy is to not use typical stories, books, audiobooks or other, or physical books at all, but to do it with movies or TV shows. So you're watching a movie, might do better as a clip or a TV show, but even a full movie, you can do a lot of these other strategies, right? You can still go act it out yourself together, act out what you just saw in the movie or the TV show. You can still draw a scene from it They've got the visualization part there for them, so they don't have to spend a lot of time on that, but it gives you then a chance to work on some of those deeper comprehension skills, really analyzing what is happening for this person, for this character. Why did they do that? What's gonna happen because they did that? Especially if it's like a, a show that something, you know, there's a cliffhanger at the end. Well, let's analyze what we're, what's going on in our mind. What do we predict will happen? And how likely is it that that would actually happen? Because sometimes kids come up with predictions that are just so off the wall. And we really do need to kindly, gently point out to them how off the wall it is. Now, they might already know it's off the wall. And if they can identify that, oh, there's no chance that that's actually going to be on the show, what will probably happen is this other thing, then they're fine. If they think, no, that's absolutely what's going to happen, then they kind of need to be brought back to reality. Then you guys watch the next episode and you're like, so that's not at all what happened. Do you see why they chose this other strategy? Um, or you can even just ask, you know, before you watch the next episode, you can say, is there anything else that might happen? Do you think that's what the writers are going to write? What, what else could happen? What else could happen? What else could happen? Like you can come up with all these different predictions. Which one do you think is the most likely when they've got all these different ones? Which one do you think is the most likely based on what has been happening and the kind of writing that has already happened in this story? And that's all analyzing, evaluating what's going on. This is very deep level thinking that is usually applied in, you know, reading comprehension workbooks and worksheets about some text that it gets very dry and boring and I don't want to analyze it. But you can have these conversations about anything and you're still developing that skill. So 
I don't encourage watching tons of movies and TV shows as a way to build comprehension, but when you're watching it anyway, you can build in some comprehension very organically. Just think about having a little conversation about what you saw after you saw it. And it can even be whether or not someone liked the episode and why they did or didn't like it and what show or movie they like better um, or worse or whatever. So there's so many different ways to talk about it, right? So what I want you to think about is that you don't have to stick to the assigned text from school as where you're working on reading comprehension. You can work on that skill outside of any comprehension assignment that your child is given. There's so many ways to work on it, which will pay off on those comprehension assignments. Even if it takes a while, it will pay off. So spend the time on it, but keep it fun and light. When it's about the assignment, it's hard for kids to feel light enough about it to really enjoy it, engage in it, and fully benefit from it. So if there's any stress about the assignment, put it aside or work with them on it separate from all of these other strategies that I'm talking to you about where you're really making it fun and enjoyable. Um, and, and even with those assignments, read, read the story to your child so they don't have that extra stress. Talk it through with them. Help them come up with their answers, especially if the assignment you know is way above their ability level. Walk them through it um, to the point where you're the one writing the answer and you're explaining why you're writing that answer. Like, if it's that bad, um, or just write a note to the teacher that you did an alternative assignment instead and you do one of these strategies. Um, depending on the grade level of your child and whether or not they have an IEP or something, you are more or less likely to get away with that. Um, but I always would say it's worth fighting for what your kid actually needs and what is appropriate for them. And their mental health should never be compromised. And some of them really suffer emotionally and um, their self-esteem really suffers when they're being asked, repeatedly asked to do things that are far above their ability level. They just start to feel very badly about themselves. So I don't want to end on that down note. We've talked about all of these fun strategies. Keep those in mind. I hope those sparked interest for you and something you want to try. So keep in mind that reading comprehension can be improved through fun and free strategies. Remember that your library has a beautiful plethora of books that you can enjoy. Many libraries also provide access to audiobooks for free. You can listen to things, you can read things, there's so much. And you can do all of these strategies 100% free paired with the library. Um, and the school has a library too, right? So fun, free ways to really help your child's reading comprehension. So again, you can get these strategies all laid out for you in a beautiful PDF that goes through each one, has links to videos for each one. www.yourparenthelp.com slash reading comprehension all smashed together. Enjoy. I can't wait to hear from you.